Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Rachel. And I'm Roberta. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. A couple of reminders before we dive in. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group at Royally Obsessed. You can also subscribe to our podcast and pretty please leave us a royal rating of five stars. Or please email us at info at gallerypodcast.com. Hello, Roberta. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. The week is cruising along. How are you doing? I'm good. Have you watched anything good lately on TV? Search Party. Oh my gosh. Is it good? Stop everything and watch it. There's three seasons, but the third season is just incredible. It's on Hulu. I need to check that out. Yeah. What about you? I watched that Greyhound movie with oh, Tom Hanks. Yes. How which is actually that? amazing. It's so quick, which is really wonderful because it takes like, I think it's like less than an hour and a half. It, it goes by so fast. It's so weird that all these like, because that would have been a big, like a theater movie release, right? Right. And it's it's an epic like, you know, war movie, World War II. And yeah, it's just like quietly was released on, I think it's Netflix. It was so good. So worth a okay, watch. Okay, I'm adding so it. I love Tom Hanks. I mean, he can do no wrong. Oh, same. Okay, so we're doing our countdown to Finding Freedom, right? Yes. Five days from when this episode comes out. I am so, so excited. I can't wait. What are you going to do when you, when you get it? Are you going to like stop everything and just... I'm kind of... I'm like freaking out because... Okay, so I have the Audible version that I'm... It's pre-ordered. So it'll download immediately on August 11th. Smart. Then my Amazon Prime version comes two days later because it takes two business days to ship. So I'll okay. get that on August 13th. So I'm thinking I'll listen to the Audible of, I believe, Omid recorded himself reading it, which I'm really excited oh, about. And then I'll that. read it again as a hard copy <laughs> and make notes in And the take margins. notes in all the margins, little yes. highlighter nearby. Yes. What's your plan? I feel like similar. The highlighter is key. I've located yeah. one in my parents' house, but that's like my main plan. But I pre-ordered the the actual book. I didn't think about the audio, but now it's on my radar. Yeah, it's going to be hard to multitask while listening to it. So I think that can we take might... a vacation day? Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. So on this week's episode, we are talking about the latest excerpts. Again, there are a little more excerpts from Finding Freedom, the book. We're also talking about Prince William's podcast, Prince Harry's summit, um, Princess Anne documentary. So, so much on the pod. But first, we have to wish happy birthday to Happy Meghan birthday. Markle. Can we sing happy birthday, dear Duchess? <laughs> dear Duchess. Wow, you're really beautiful. Oh, you're acapella. I forgot. I did sing you're, acapella. So I, I'm always looking trained. for my, my microphone <laughs> moment. Um, but clink, clink. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. We're drinking martinis because we oh, na- yours is beautiful. And we both went with a lemon in yes, it. Yes, but I cannot get like the lemons. You know how you're supposed to get the lemon peel? Me either. I just went with I a didn't. slice. Same. I have a little slice. Cheers. But now, cheers. Now we know that she doesn't drink, you know, I mean, I know she still drinks the red wine. We know that from her website. But martinis is what she had on her first date with Harry while he had a beer. So we got to go with that. We have to. We have to. 
Yeah, I love that. She so she named her blog the Tig, obviously after Tignanello, yeah. which I learned to pronounce. <laughs> um, but I think that the first date drink of a martini seems like sh- it's like so classy. You're, you're fun, yeah. You're classy. You're fun. You know how to order a cocktail, which is always an Achilles heel for me. Like I, I never, I always I stick really with wine, nervous. yeah, because yeah. it's a safe choice. So go, Megan. All right. Well, we're, while we're sipping, um, last week we received a lovely reader email from Jessica, who lives in Toronto. Yeah. Shout out, Megan. Yeah. Hi, ladies. This is my first email into the podcast, but I'm so excited to connect. I started listening to Royally Obsessed when you took over, and it makes my day every Thursday to scratch my royal itch. Same. That's how we feel. I love that. <laughs> I was so stoked for today's episode and getting the scoop on all the Finding Freedom tidbits that came out. I'm counting down the days to read the full book. One thing that's being widely reported is the this girl comment, and I'm glad you mentioned Omid's thoughts on the subject as it's what I assumed as well. I definitely don't get the vibe that the comment was negative towards Megan, as much as it was a reference back to Harry's previous dating history. Interesting. He probably worried that Harry was jumping the gun and merely said that to get him to slow down, especially as the protective older brother. I also agree with you from last week that Beatrice's wedding dress might now be tied with Kate for my favorite. (laughs) Having no jewelry other than the tiara and the designs on the dress was perfection. Absolute perfection. Chef's kiss on the dress. I still am not over it. (laughs) I'm not over it either. Great job with everything. If you ever want a royal history commentator, I'm your gal. Not just the Windsors, but all the royal family back to the Vikings is a big passion of mine. And God save the pod, Jessica. Gosh, we want a royal commentator. Can we have like a special Viking segment? (laughs) Jessica, I feel like your wealth of knowledge is much needed on the pod. Yeah. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I I would love that. A history um, episode. And that's an interesting take on the this girl comment too. Because I do think it's like the we talked about the sibling dynamics and the older, younger. So I can see where you're coming from with that, especially because like Harry's dating history, like you mentioned, I think that definitely came into play for sure. So as we mentioned, happy birthday, Megan. Now, this week in royal history. She's 39 on August 4th. And a little bit of background. So on this day in history, Rachel Megan Markle was born in 1981 in Canoga Park, a suburb of L.A. She's the daughter of Doria, a clinical therapist and yoga instructor from Ohio, and Thomas, a television lighting and photography director from Pennsylvania. Her parents met on the set of a soap opera while her mom was working as a temp at the studio in the 70s, and Megan once wrote that they might have bonded over their shared love of antiques. I thought that was such a sweet little tidbit about her parents. By age two, Megan was attending private school, starting with the Hollywood Little Red Schoolhouse. She was raised Protestant, but attended the all-girls Catholic high school, Immaculate Heart High School, which she gave that speech at earlier this year. Her parents divorced when she was six, and Megan lived with her mom after the separation. But because of her dad's job, Megan often visited the set of the TV show Married with Children as a little girl. She once wrote, Every day after school for 10 years, I was on the set of Married with Children, which is a really funny and perverse place for a little girl in a Catholic school uniform to grow up. She told this to Esquire in 2013. She said there were a lot of times my dad would say, Meg, why don't you go and help with the craft services room over there? This is just a little (laughs) off color for your 11-year-old eyes. Did you watch that show, Roberta, or no? No. No, did you? I wasn't allowed to because I was so I was so young. My mom was like, "No, no, no, we're changing." So the channel. was it raunchy? Like I'm very. Confused. Oh my gosh, incredibly raunchy. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, really raunchy. So her dad was really like, "Just go over there. Don't yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn, turn around." <laughs> 
Um, as we know, Megan has two half siblings from her dad's previous marriage who are, you know, estranged, but didn't see them that much when she was growing up either, as they were more than a decade older than her. In a 2015 essay for Elle magazine, Megan spoke of growing up biracial. She wrote, to describe something as being black and white means it is clearly defined. Yet, when your ethnicity is black and white, the dichotomy is not that clear. In fact, it creates a gray area. Being biracial paints a blurred line that is equal parts staggering and illuminating. She later continues, she says, while my mixed heritage may have created a gray area surrounding my self-identification, keeping me with a foot on both sides of the fence, I have come to embrace that, to say who I am, to share where I'm from, to voice my pride in being a strong, confident, mixed race woman. And honestly, that whole essay from Elle is just- I need to read the it in full. So yeah. good. So, so good. I reread it recently and just was like floored. Um, and then Megan's dad, I didn't know this, was the one who encouraged her to write the letter to Procter & Gamble at age 11. So we have a little clip from that. If you see something that you don't like or offended by on, te on television or any other place, write letters and send them to the right people and you can really make a difference for not just yourself but lots of other people. I all started Baby there. I, I know. <laughs> I feel like her activism roots were just after that just really, really took off. Um, it's so incredible. I was, I mean, she's only 11. I was not that together at that age. It's just really impressive. And her handwriting in the letter. It's yeah. like That's the whole most segment. beautiful cursive I've ever seen. It was, it's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, today the royal family all posted birthday messages to the Duchess. I loved waking up to that in my feed. I feel like it's same, like, I love same. royal birthdays because, like, you wake up and your Instagram feed is so happy. It's so full of all of the posts. I loved the Queens, though, especially. And yes. it was the only one that really stood out to me because it has the Queen in it. And I feel like that was such a show of support from her. I don't know. It was, it was their first engagement together without Harry. And so I think that was really important. And the other ones were just Megan. Well, and we famously remember, like, I just remember us even writing about that event when it first happened when they, and they were laughing so much together. So I think for the queen or her team really to cherry pick it. those yeah. is such a show of support. Definitely, definitely. I wonder what Harry's going to get her for her birthday. We have no, we've heard nothing because to today's say. the actual day, two days before the show airs, and we've heard nothing so far about any birthday gifts. But I keep thinking of the Prince William, the recently unveiled interview that Prince William yes. gave where he talked about getting Kate binoculars and how she was like, huh, not okay. She was like, what do I do with these? <laughs> like, why did you get them for me? And he said it was really on in the courtship and he was joking. He's like, that must have sealed the deal. But also he's like, that's the worst gift I've and ever gotten. And his reason <laughs> was like, you can see so far away. Like, oh. Oh, like, <laughs> right. I'm like so confused. Like if he thought she was a bird watcher, I'm just like, why would he get her binoculars? Or maybe he thought they'd be going to a lot of football games together. Football. AKA oh, good soccer. call. That's actually maybe. Yeah, maybe. that makes a lot Who of knows. sense. Yeah, they could watch from the stands together. They yeah. both are sports nuts. But yeah, Harry, what are you getting, Megan? Tell us. Tell Omid. We need to know. <laughs> we need to know. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, anyways, we have a lot to talk about this week more Finding Freedom book excerpts, you know. So I, I grabbed the People magazine. We had the excerpts from in the UK Times. Um, so the big one that we need to talk about first, Roberta, is the engagement timeline. I'm very perplexed by this. I know. <laughs> Obviously, we know that the engagement was announced in November 2017 at the Sunken Gardens in Kensington Palace. We have the, the interview, which we want to play a quick clip from. But what the report is saying is that it, they were actually engaged when we saw them at the Invictus Games in September 2017. And it's only a few months difference, but like my mind is blown. I know. And I can't believe they kept it secret for so long. That's what's really crazy. And I I was just reading up on it that she texted her friends a picture of the ring. And I'm wondering if that was in back before November yeah. and how so many people kind of kept it under wraps. It's really impressive, honestly. Yeah. Let's play the clip because it's just like actual proof that they said that it had just happened a few weeks ago. 
They lied. Uh, it happened uh, a few weeks ago, mm. um, earlier this month, here at, at our cottage. Um, just a standard, typical night it's for us. It's a cosy night. It was, what were we doing? Just roasting chicken roasting and having... Roasting chicken. <laughs> trying to roast a chicken. <laughs> trying to roast a chicken. And it was just, a, uh, just an amazing surprise. It was so sweet and, and natural and very romantic. He got on one knee. So the thing is, when you watch the actual video, I encourage Roros to go back and do it because they do exchange a glance when he says a few weeks ago. So I'm sort of curious, like, was that just, you know, the kind of white lie where it's like, yeah, what, you know, like a throwaway, just like a few weeks ago, you know, like, yeah. And I'm annoyed that we had our I guess all of us had our guard down if this is true, because she was wearing Misha Nunu's the husband shirt. And as we know from Elizabeth Holmes, everything that the royals wear and i guess that was like pre-royal for her but it has significance and meaning so if she was engaged and wearing the husband shirt it's like the writing it was all there <laughs> it was all there we somehow missed it we i were can't sleeping believe it. on the job roberta <laughs> i'm wondering if they the royal family really wanted them to be engaged before stepping out to this big event especially an event so so important to harry i think that there was a lot of pressure there and they were in love so quickly and so the year of whirlwind romance kind of just culminated in this september engagement that they they wanted to enjoy for a little while before telling everyone so i totally get it if they kept it under wraps and no refuting this from the sussexes it's in the finding freedom book that you know that's it came from omid and there's been nothing to refute it but they haven't refuted anything so well and speaking of things that she wears and have significance, yes. the necklace, we have to talk about the H&M initial necklace yeah. because that was in the People magazine excerpts as well and the fallout. Yeah. Crazy. So I feel like in the early days of the relationship, Megan stepped out. It's actually a really gorgeous picture of her. I, it's one of my favorites. It's been circulating a lot this week, but in the an Ani and Ren 14 karat gold chain with the initials H&M. And I just looked up the necklace because I want one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I really want one. And I like tried to like put my computer in front of my boyfriend to like. Yeah, would you do <laughs> R&D or would you just do? I think D- R&D. D&R oh. would be like, or people are like, are you a doctor or? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, kind of cool too. Yeah. Uh, married to the profession. Yeah. Or... <laughs> if you're listening, I, yeah, I totally want one. <laughs> like Ani and Red. No, um, she, but, but what I think was crazy is that she was advised immediately as she was reprimanded. She got a call from a, pal- a senior palace aide saying that wearing necklaces like that only encourage the photographers to pursue her and make and create more headlines. When she was given that feedback, she listened and just took it. Then she broke down in tears to a friend afterward. And it is kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And exactly. it's just, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like right out of the gate, she had to deal with all that. I also feel like you have to zoom in so, so much to the photos to see the necklace. So I'm surprised that palace aides were so, you know, against her wearing something like that when you really have to look so closely at these photos to see it. It's not like she's sending an overt message. Her t-shirt doesn't say Harry and Meghan forever. Like it's not, you know what I mean? So I just think that it it was a little over the top. And I think they said that she was previously the photo before they told her to kind of just keep like look down don't engage and she would she said that she looked very or the book says that she looked very standoffish. So she was going the opposite route. So it really was like what's the better solution? You know, do you kind of smile and dress the part? And but I mean, yeah, the necklace was a clue. Yeah. So so she was you mean she was like looking down like to avoid the paparazzi? Yeah, to avoid the paparazzi. Wanted, I see. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that that's like, that makes sense. How, how do you win? I mean, it's tough. I feel like if you are, I don't know what I would do in that situation, like being pursued by the paparazzi and they're yelling things at you. And maybe it's they like, said something funny, you know what I mean? And she just happened to look up and laugh like it just is like, so such a 
case by case that it'd be so hard for them to have a blanket statement of, I don't know. Yeah, and she just wants to wear her necklace. Like, right. She's like, not wearing wear it for the scene of it all. You know, she's wearing it because she loves GD Harry. necklace, yeah. Okay, the Tierra drama. D-R-A-M-A, drama. Drama, <laughs> except not really so But not drama. drama. Yeah, so remember when there was all that wedding gossip that, you know, Harry was super pissed that Meghan chose a Tierra and the queen was really, like, making it difficult and refusing to let her wear the one she wanted, which as a reminder, she ended up wearing the Queen Mary's diamond bandeau tiara. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> and it's crazy because it did ha- not with the queen. It didn't not with, with the, the queen. queen. It didn't happen it with happened the queen. with the queen's dresser. So Angela Kelly, who supposedly helped Beatrice with the wedding gown, with altering um, the dress that was the queen's and now she wore for her wedding. So she supposedly dragged her feet about it. And that's what made Harry really upset. Um, eventually they made it happen. They had the tiara. And I think the biggest thing was that she was trying to have a hair and makeup trial and she was trying to get the tiara to wear for that and that they weren't going to secure it for her. And so she would have to like try to fake it or do her hair a certain way. And like, just, she wasn't able to see how it actually all looks. And when you're a bride, like, come on. Yeah. You need all those things. You just want to have your trial and you just want to have it go well and everything. And so I think that that was, upsetting but it wasn't that it was directly with the queen yeah the queen was apparently in full support and harry and megan both were at the fitting when it finally happened and harry was like this was the tiara that suited her best and it was not the what i think the quote was that was in the was in the headlines at the time what what megan wants megan gets from harry and that wasn't what happened so finding freedom clarified that between this and the children wearing pantyhose debacle of the tears and the fitting there seems to be a lot that just has been refuted by this book and was widely widely published and so I think it's kind of a red flag to us as journalists and reporters covering this that you know things that appear you can't always just repeat and think that it's completely factual so I think it's it's definitely it's good that we're bringing attention to that sort of thing. Absolutely. And it kind of makes me also just look at like, how did those rumors get started? Like, you know, Omid talked a little bit about that, how like one Palisade might drop like a nugget just to, you know, shift the narrative away from something else that's going on. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, where do these things even begin? Um, But yeah. And then, okay, this is one of my favorites, the ghost emoji. I love this. (laughs) So Harry's favorite, I guess he was texting all the time with Megan. Even as soon as she got back to the hotel room from her first, their first date when she had the martini, he was, he sent her a text and it was a ghost emoji. Ghost emojis. And people are like, why the ghost emoji? And Lainey Gossip said that it might be, hey, boo, which Which I I love. love. Hey, and boo. I've never used for transparency. I've never used the the ghost emoji in this way. I've, I've only never used it at Halloween. <laughs> yeah, like I love it though. I know that's so like hip and funny. Like, how would you not be find that so endearing if you were Megan? You'd be like, exactly. <laughs> it's so unique. It is okay. And we know the other big scoop is the name of their dog. It's so funny. Like the the weight of each of these details. But yeah, but we have never known the data, the name of their black labrador. Labrador. I can't even talk. Um, and it's Pula, which is apparently the name of the currency used in Botswana, the spot of their third date. I love this, and I I remember thinking that it was Oz. Do you remember that? Yeah. Wasn't it supposed to be Oz after Australia because they had their royals who are Australia and then they got back and got the dog. So now I was like, wait, whoa, the dog's name's not Oz. People are still calling him Oz. Like I read an interview from this week and people are calling it Oz, but no, it's Pula, according to Finding Freedom. Which is cute. Pula is a really cute dog. I think that's really sweet and means so much to them, especially because of their bots on a trip early on in their relationship. Yeah, exactly. And it's a rescue dog. It's a rescue dog as well. So 
That's so, so lovely. But I, but one final update about Finding Freedom that I thought was really interesting, according to the London Sunday Times, is that while Harry and Meghan haven't given interviews themselves, it's being reported that they really did help authorize access to their friends, which, I mean, that's another very, like, Andrew Morton-esque detail, because that's what Diana did. So they, like, connected the dots to, like, CC. Here's the email. Contact friend. this person. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Got it. And which makes a lot of sense, because there is so much information that seems very behind the scenes and seems like it could come directly from them. So I think that that kind of clears the air for them as far as giving interviews, because that's been a, a you know, hotly contested point is, did they give interviews? Did they not? Omen has clearly said they did not. Um, but their friends were Yeah, they're connected. like, we can't talk, but hey, like bestie over here yeah that we really trust everything they say you know exactly it is really interesting yeah more to come finding freedom every week guys i know it's on in another prince harry update and i'll go really quickly through this we're going to talk about prince harry's global summit so he gave a uh speech for travelist which is his uh non-profit ecotourism company and so he gave a video chat that I mean, props to Harry took place at midnight in L.A. time for an 8 a.m. British Standard Time call. And so he looked a little sunburn, I thought, in, <laughs> yeah. this, in this call. Which what I was, was really that about? Like, I mean, okay. hopefully he's out just kind of getting some time to relax. Maybe he's by the pool at yeah. Tyler Perry's. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, so it's crazy, though, because he he joined the call again a little bit later. And around the time at the, of the second call was a 4.2 magnitude earthquake that celebs and L.A. locals were all tweeting about. Even Kelly Clarkson tweeted, my children are in my arms and we are awake too early because of that earthquake. And Khloe Kardashian said it felt way stronger than 4.2. So this must have been terrifying. As Prince Harry is giving his speech a little bit later, there's an earthquake. Omid talked about this. He said he'd probably felt it for sure. He went his sleep just a little bit later and that's when it occurred. So crazy. Crazy. There's so many things to get used to for Harry, right? It's like that earthquake. I mean, that's not anything that I ever grew up with, but it is like a big, you know, part of California living. And in the UK, I'm sure he never experienced yeah. it. So it's like he gets up in the middle of the night, does the speech, goes back to bed, and all of a sudden there's a giant earthquake. He's sure, like, Archie was up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Crazy or actually, night for babies kind of sleep through anything. So maybe. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Archie it was like a lullaby for Archie. Yeah. And then next we have Prince William's podcast and outdoor football match screening so very pandemic appropriate I was proud of that I'm proud of him I should say (laughs) definitely definitely and there were great quotes from the Duke of Cambridge from both events we're going to play a clip from the podcast he was on called that Peter Crouch podcast the thing about homeschooling that you found Crouchy was that you ended up learning quite a few things didn't you got really into the Normans yeah I did at one point I did so what William what have you learned through homeschooling that you had absolutely no idea about before Probably that my patience is a lot shorter than I thought it was. <laughs> That's probably been the biggest eye-opener <laughs> for me. And that my wife has super patience. Um, and, and basically we're a good sort of team tag session where I come in and have a, a chat with the children and try and get them to do stuff and then hand over to Catherine when, frankly, everything's going wrong. Um, but I have to say, I was a bit embarrassed about my maths knowledge. I mean, I can't do year two maths. So that was quite an eye-opener as well. <laughs> I also struggle with math. <laughs> yeah, and and the prince has such a good sense of humor and all of this, and mentions 
Kate, Catherine, quite a bit in the podcast, which I really loved. He also talked about Zoom and how he hasn't really gotten used to it, which he could have fooled us because I feel like he seems really great at it. But he said it takes him a while and a few tries to get it right. Uh, In the beginning of the podcast, actually, he's like, is my sound on? Like they're trying to figure it out. And he also said he tries to use the Kensington Palace Twitter account and that he fights them for it because they (laughs) they want to keep him away from using it. He said he used it uh, when he was at a game, a soccer match, and he said it was an amazing match. I was literally blown away by it. It was one of the best games of football I've ever seen, and I got completely out of control. I was like, tweet it, get it out, which I love. But he's like, they're like trying to keep him out of the Twitter account. So I thought that was really wonderful because I remember the tweet that they're talking about. He signed it W. And so you knew that it was definitely coming from Prince William personally. And so he said, they keep me away from it now and I have to fight them for it. Don't keep him away. We want to hear that stuff. We all get excited when they win the game. (laughs) Yes. Open up that channel of communication because I need to hear it. He also said his one of his go to takeout orders is chicken masala. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's delicious. delicious. Yeah. Um, And then, like I mentioned, he hosted the screening of the final soccer game between Arsenal and Chelsea at Wembley. And he hosted that at Sandringham House outside. There were like buckets of champagne. It was very kind of. It looked really gorgeous. Whoever did that set. Good job. Wonderful. And the game was renamed the Heads Up FA Cup Final. So reminder that the Duke of Cambridge is the FA president. He's a longtime Aston Villa supporter, which I guess is a team. I don't know anything about (laughs) English football. This is like such a stretch for me to talk about it. Matt, my husband is so into it, actually. He like for the last four or five years. Yeah, we should have a little cameo so he can explain (laughs) the rules. But he's so into it. We even went to we went to like three or four games when we went there a few years ago. We went to some. Yeah, three or four. And I was so, I actually got really into it. I bought a lot of gear (laughs) that I've never worn again, but I did in the moment. One of the best things he said, though, at this outdoor screening, he said, the nerves of watching the game were the worst I've ever known them. My children looked at me in horror as I was jumping off the sofa, screaming my head off. I love the tidbits of him and the kids and just the fact that I'm picturing him like jumping up and down on the couch and Charlotte and Louie and George are all like, dad, please, like you're so embarrassing. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, All right. Well, cool. Moving on. Princess Anne turned 70. We're talking about a lot of royal birthdays. Um, so many. coming up on August 15th. But in honor of the occasion, she participated in a documentary that aired on ITV this week. So we're going to play a quick clip of her because apparently she's the one that helped the queen get on Zoom. Uh, good morning, uh, at Windsor. Good morning. I'm very glad to have been able to join you. Can you see everybody? You should have six people on your screen. Yes, well, I can see four anyway. Okay, very well. Actually, you don't need me. You know what I look like. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anne is, is like the most dry humor, and I love her for it. Yeah, she's just like, well, well, carry on. She's uh, yeah. she's. <laughs> She's great. I also love that she kind of calls out Windsor because you were the one that spotted that that's the queen's handle. She's like, hey, Windsor. (laughs) And you know that um, Anne's is PR for Princess Royal. Oh, so hip. My gosh. Um, in the documentary, she all, which we haven't had a chance to watch because ITV, we can't, we're trying to track it down. It just aired. But she also talks about helping to homeschool her four grandchildren, the kids of Zara and Peter. And she's apparently really pushing for outdoor learning. But the kids are like, nah, like she's, you know, she's so into horses and kind of exploring nature and all that stuff. Yes, and there, yes. there's some resistance. But 
she, unlike William, is very anti-Twitter. And she says, I know what Twitter is, but I wouldn't go anywhere near it if you paid me, which is very like Camilla, too. He's like anti-internet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I agree with that in a lot of ways. There's so much, you know, there's a lot of trolls on Twitter. So yeah. I totally get it. True, true, true. But um, my favorite is that the big revelation, she watches The Crown. She watched some of the early, <gasps> early episodes, um, but she kind of threw some shade at the actress saying, or not the actress, but the team behind it saying, there's no way that this hairstyle could take the hairstyle that Anne has could take two hours, which is what Netflix had had revealed because it took Anne at the time 10 minutes to just like put her hair in a bun. <laughs> what? It blows my mind that it only took her 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like a bouffant style. I love it. It is true. But when you look at the like actual actress, it really is. It kind of just looks like her hair is pulled back. But but That's obviously true. she's seen from all angles. So they need to spend the two hours. I feel like Anne has really naturally wonderful hair. And it's it, like she... Even as she ages, it has still maintained its its volume and beauty. Yeah. <laughs> 70, though. Anne has such great hair. Yeah. All right. So now for highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. So my low this week is that Megan has to pay part of the legal cost of the mail on Sunday. Ugh, so this what? trial is such a bummer. So remember when she lost the strikeout hearing of her court case against the mail on Sunday? Yeah. So she now has to pay the publisher $87,400 for their legal fees for that. The Mail Online reported this on Wednesday and Insider confirmed with Team Sussex. Crazy that she's paying her like enemies legal fees, That's right? That's so gross. Ugh. I feel horrible for them. And she is still suing the newspaper over its publication of excerpts from a private letter sent to her father. So it's absolutely wild to me and it's a very large sum almost ninety thousand dollars crazy yeah there's a lot of weird legal red tape that always surprises me so oh my gosh that's awful my love of the week is apparently the shots that were snapped of the sussexes of arch there's one of archie and doria um actually from last week outside at the their home that they're staying at for tyler perry's home and that it was published on the cover of a german magazine called Bunta. I guess the cover line is how powerful is her mother? And that's just so appalling to me that that would be used. You know, I mean, that's what paparazzi shots go for. And they probably make a lot of money. And they're kind of coining it and saying that it was from a public outing that happened in Malibu. Um, like they're blatantly lying. About they're blatantly it. lying. And then the and following these are the week, drone they, shots, right? These they're are drone, drone shots. So they're yep. t- that's what I think is so invasive is that they're flying drones so close to them. And so and so close to Archie. It's not OK. And Archie's no. face is clearly visible. And, you know, it's just not OK. And then um, the following week, the German magazine, even though the lawsuit at that point was then filed, they published another pic on the cover that showed shows Harry playing with Pula, who we now know the name of, outside um, by the pool. So it's just like, it's gross. I'm not okay with it. So invasive. And I think hopefully that this lawsuit kind of sheds light on the f- who's operating these drones, because I think that was one of the main things they don't know who to go after exactly. And so I think, you know, hopefully they kind of find more information about it yeah. through their, through like, their Leave suit. them alone. It's They're at their private residence. Ugh. Seriously. My high this week is actually a new photo of Prince Louis was released, and it's a formal birthday portrait. My guess is that it was taken right after Mom Kate scrubbed his face <laughs> of the rainbow paint from that oh, wonderful Pinterest-level craft. Yes. Because his cheeks, I feel like that's the timing because his cheeks and around his mouth are looking a little bit red, even though he's very handsome nonetheless. But it does look like someone scrubbed paint off of his face for this final shot to be taken and we saw this picture this new photo because it was the thank you card that they sent to anyone who sent louis a birthday letter it was posted by at cats royal letters on instagram 
I feel like this is such a reminder for me to write them letters because I always forget. I felt really sad when I saw it. I was like, I forgot to write Louie a birthday note. I sent the queen one. I like totally blew it with uh, with everyone since the pandemic has kind of... <laughs> And especially now with Megan's birthday, because we don't have their social media, I wonder if that's the way they're going to release new photos. Like, I wonder if I wrote to Megan happy birthday today. Then you'd get... If I get a response a little bit down the line, that's like a new photo of them. But actually, I didn't know if I told you this, but I got an email from someone asking if I had her mailing address, like just via the pod, which I definitely do not. But I think that that's a challenge. (laughs) Someone, (laughs) sorry, someone asked you if you had Megan's personal (laughs) mailing address. I'm not trying to make fun of anyone, but that is hilarious to think that we might have any I love that they thought that we had that power, but we do not, um, alas. But but that's the thing is like, if you were to write Megan and Harry right now, where would you send it? Would you send it to, you wouldn't send it to the UK. So no, where would you mail like it? Way. Like I'm not I think that's the tricky part is like you always send it to their their you house. Like would almost send it to like HarperCollins. Yeah, you like, could send you it give this to Omen to give to this to Omen. a friend to give this to Megan. <laughs> exactly. That's a good look at you sleuthing it out, journalist. Um my high of the week is that Kate and William took the kids on a vacation, but they did it very like in the in the spirit of the pandemic. Spirit of the pandemic, that sounds awful. But still it looks fun though. They yeah. Have, so they went like they to the Isles of Silly, which is off the coast of Cornwall, and it's not their typical trip they go every summer usually in August to Mystique but it's still I bet I guess one of the more tropical destinations in the UK and it's very accessible they could take a ferry or a puddle jumper flight probably a private plane so they don't they're they're minimizing the risk um, and I guess William went there a lot as a boy and as tourists spotted them out and about riding bikes and laughing and all I could think my high of the week it's because they got a break from zoom yes they <laughs> they've worked it. really hard you gotta t- you gotta put the screens away they've been doing so much and i think right after that is that when prince william went right back to that screening i think was the timing of all of that yeah so he was gone for a little came back right back to work so i yeah. think they did they definitely deserved a break definitely so just a reminder before we close leave us a royal rating or a five-star review on apple podcast spotify or wherever you listen here is a real review from castellina with two A's. Love this and the new host. The only thing that's weird to me is they introduce themselves as Roberta and Rachel, but then one of them consistently calls the other Bowie. That's my fault. And I'm so so sorry. She said, I'm still getting used to the new host's voices. So I literally have no idea which one is which since they use a different name during the show than from the beginning. Otherwise you're doing great. And I love to listen. I am so sorry that this has been confusing. I call Bowie Bowie because she's Rachel Bowie and it's it just rolls off the tongue. I'm very sorry that this has caused confusion. So I am Rachel Bowie and I feel like I need to clarify that and we will be more careful about that because I can see how that's very confusing. Good and I'm Roberta note. Fiorito and nobody will call me by my last name because it's very hard <laughs> to pronounce. There are a lot of vowels. <laughs> so reminder to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram as Bowie said earlier. Bowie. Rachel, Bowie <laughs> said earlier, at Royally Obsessed Podcast it. and the Facebook group Royally Obsessed. You can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com and you can follow us personally on Instagram. I'm at Robbie Frito and I'm at RKBNYC. Until next week, God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.